The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? It's about creating healthy, sustainable lifestyle choices that you're comfortable with, that aren't taxing you or creating stress, that make you happy, and that allow you to move in the right direction in terms of your health. To me, it's all about the long game. I realize that we always want the short-term benefit, but what I want is I want to be 85 years old and dancing at my granddaughter's wedding, right? So it's about the long game. And to me, the long game is sustainability, it's consistency, it's healthy choices, it's balanced, it's not too much of one direction or the other. That is how we create a thriving human being. That was a quick clip from this week's episode with Dr. B, the gut health MD. I love how that rhymes. One of my most frequently asked questions when I do those ask me anything boxes on Instagram is how do I heal my gut? Because I talk a lot about gut health. I was diagnosed with IBS-C when I was 18 years old. And I also have um, what I call junky gut. (laughs) When you use opiates for a long period of time, it causes chronic constipation. And I swear to God, your gut just is like never the same. And I've done so much to try to heal it. I mean, we're talking parasite cleanses and stool samples to my doctor and candida cleanses. And I've tried literally all of the things. And I have to say that nothing beats the diet. Like if your diet is not very nutritional, your gut's just not going to get better. What's interesting about Dr. B's approach is it's something that I had never even thought or considered before. He talks a lot about focusing on fiber. And of course you're like, yeah, Alexis, like we know you're supposed to consume fiber. Everyone needs fiber. But no, he's talking about how we need different types of fiber in order for our gut to thrive. So what's so interesting is that since talking to Dr. B, I thought I ate a lot of fruits and vegetables before, but I've been trying in the last couple of weeks since we spoke to really up my game to eat as many different types of fruits and vegetables as I possibly can And as a result, I have noticed an improvement in my mood, energy, and overall well-being. So I hope you guys have as many takeaways from this episode as I did. I certainly learned a lot and I know you guys will too. One more quick announcement. Today is the very last day to sign up for the Life Reset course while... (laughs) 
my mom and I are doing weekly group coaching calls. So currently in the Life Reset course, you get the course, you get um, the meditations, the hours of video trainings, the journal prompts, all of that good stuff. And then you also get weekly group coaching with my mom and myself. And we've decided that we can no longer do that right now. So we're doing this last offer. And so if you sign up by the end of the day today on Monday, you will get a, you know what? No, I'm going to extend that because I didn't talk about this on the podcast last week. I'm going to extend it a couple more days. So if you're not listening right on Monday, you still have access to this. Let's see. I'll push it to January 20th. Perfect. Okay. So if you sign up now, you'll get the course and the weekly coaching calls with us. And that is for an entire year. That's so much value right there, you guys. Our coaching calls are amazing. I literally just finished one an hour ago and I love our community so much. So anyways, if you've been thinking about signing up for the course and you're looking for a sign, this is it. It's an awesome community and I just know that it's benefiting so many lives and I'm so grateful that we're doing this together. So with that, here's this week's episode with Dr. B. And I hope that you guys have a great week. Since we're talking about eating your vegetables in this podcast, what better way to get those veggies in than with Saqqara? I think it's safe to say that we're ready to leave 2020 behind and set new intentions for this year. So whether you're ready to jumpstart a lifestyle change or be more mindful of what you're putting in your body, Sakara makes it easy. Sakara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative power of plant-based foods. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients and they are always designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their menu of creative chef-crafted breakfast, lunch, and dinners changes weekly so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. Along with their delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. Sakara's supplement packs called The Foundation and their Metabolism Super Powder delivers support for gut health Health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com forward slash reality or enter code reality at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com forward slash reality to get your 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash reality. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-host of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no perf- one. No one. <laughs> 
our preferred vacuum brands, of which we have multiples, and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Please, Dr. B, tell us how you pronounce your last name. Okay, guys. So you pronounced my name Bolsawitz, um, but everyone calls me Dr. B. My patients call me that. And so actually, I enjoy it. Okay, perfect. Because I was trying to do it and with the C and I was just like, I am so lost here. I, I, I'm completely lost. So I thank you for clarifying that for me. It's quite overwhelming. It's a Polish name and it's like this combination of vowels and consonants and Polish names were not designed to be read like English words, you know? So that's the problem. Yeah. So my maiden last name is Nyers and it's spelled N-E-I-E-R-S. And everyone always say Nears, Nears, Nears. And I'm like, it's Nyers. And then I married a Haynes. So now life is easy and I never have to spell out my last name and it is pretty glorious. So I'm really excited to sit down and talk with you today because I've talked a lot about my gut health journey and I talk about the importance of gut health to my clients. We own a drug and alcohol treatment facility. I'm coming up on a decade sober. I was a heroin addict. When I say that I destroyed my gut, I mean, I mean, I was diagnosed with IBFC when I was 13 and then heroin addiction, which we know opiates are extremely constipating, really does a number on your gut. I think that I unnecessarily struggled for a lot of years because I had no idea how important my gut was. I also just want to preface this by saying that just because I've been on the gut health journey of the last several years of my life, that doesn't mean my gut is like fully cured by any means. I still have inflammation in my body. Um, and I still deal with like flare ups or bouts of, you know, clearly we're talking about poop, constipation. Like there are times where I eat one little thing and I'm totally thrown, my gut will just be thrown off for a couple of days. So this is not something that is just like, do what I am doing and everything gets better immediately. But I'm so excited to talk to you because while my focus is primarily on addiction and mental health, gut health affects so much. And I know that a lot of my listeners struggle with autoimmune as well as anxiety, as well as depression and are most or a lot of them recovering from addiction as well. So can you please, let's just do like a a little 101. Like what is the microbiome? What's it doing for your body? How can it affect your health? Yeah. Alexis, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk to your audience. And there are things that you just said that I'm sure we'll be coming back to because I'm hearing things and I'm like, oh, that explains this or that explains that. And so there's like, there there are things about your history that totally start to make it all fall into place and make sense. And so we can explore that history and explain in more detail. But let's start with the foundation, which is what is the gut microbiome? So we think of ourselves as these big, strong, like autonomous creatures. We're human. We are the masters of our domain. Yet covering us from the top of our head to the tip of our toes are these invisible microbes. You can't see them because they're invisible to the naked eye. If you had a microscope, you could check them out. 
But basically, there are literally trillions of them. And they are concentrated in our colon, our large intestine. That's the number one place that you will find them. There are 39 trillion microbes inside your gut. Now, that is a number that is quite absurd, and it's hard for me to actually frame and put into perspective, but let me try. If you took all the stars in the sky and you bundled them up and you multiplied that by 100, so you would need 100 solar systems worth of stars, and you put that into your colon, that would be the number of microbes that you have living inside of your colon right now. And so the number is absurd. It clearly outnumbers the number of human cells that we have. We are less than 50% human. Some scientists would say that we are 10% human, that they outnumber us 10 to 1. And they're not just there. They're not just hanging out passively. They're not just along for the ride. They're not parasites. They are dynamically intertwined with us as humans. You can't separate us into bins. Labels are things that we do because it makes things easy as humans. We're not just addiction. We're not just constipation. We're not just immune system or brain or mood. It's all confluent. It's all flowing together. It's all part of the same thing. It's like the way the water moves in the ocean. It's all moving together. But at the heart of it, in the center are these microbes. This is the centerpiece of human health, which is quite fascinating because, I mean, gosh, like they're not human. And yet this is the centerpiece. I just said it. This is the centerpiece of human health connected to the way that we process our food. That's access to nutrients. Like what's more life-giving than that? Access to nutrients. Connected to our immune system. 70% of our immune system lives in our gut connected to our metabolism. It's not just calories in, calories out. Your gut microbes interact with your food to determine how many calories you actually get from your diet. Connected to our hormones. This is the reason why the gut microbiome has been connected to endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome, to breast cancer, ovarian cancer. For men, connected to testosterone. Our gut microbes are connected to our brain in a very powerful way. Many people have heard of the brain-gut connection. They're connected, and we can unpack this even more. I'm sure you'll want to. Connected to our mood. And finally, they actually play a role in the way that we express our genes. If you were to take your entire uh, genetic profile, Alexis, kind of interesting what you would find. It's not actually human genes that you have. 99% of your genetic code comes from these microbes. But of the human genes that you do have, they have the ability to flip the switch, turn things on, turn them off. So you're not just, this is the reason why when we discovered the human genome, which was about 20 years ago, when we uncoded the human genome, we thought that we would find the cure for cancer. And we never did. Because... You're not just genetics. The microbes are playing the switches. The microbes are playing with your food. The microbes are playing with your immune system. The microbes are playing with your hormones and your metabolism. And if you step back and you zoom out for a moment, because I just said a lot, and I know that's a little bit much to process, but if you zoom out, 
just think about this, guys. This is literally everything that matters in human health. And it all comes together in one place, concentrated in the gut with a focus on living creatures that are invisible to the naked eye, that outnumber our human cells and that aren't even human. Kind of crazy. It's wild. But you know what I really stuck out to me is when you were talking about, I talk a lot about epigenetics because there's no addiction gene there. We have a subset of epigenetics and I often talk about how trauma can be the thing that a trauma response can be the thing that maybe sets off one of those epigenetic triggers. But what you just told me was so cool because it means that it doesn't matter what genes we were born with or epigenetics that we, or things we might be predisposed to, we can keep those switches off by eating well and taking care of our gut, which is so cool. That means that say cancer runs through your family. That means that potentially, or maybe you're telling me it does, that if you're eating a certain way and taking care of your gut enough, that that is not necessarily going to be a switch that's flipped. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, it's actually, this is a story of, of personal empowerment that you are not the product of the genes that you inherited from your family, that you're also not the product of the microbiome that you inherited from your mom, that you have the ability to control, to shape and form the way that this community of microorganisms looks. You get to choose. You get to choose who's represented at the party. And that the way that you're doing that is through your diet and your lifestyle. And there's no, you know, Alexis, to be like, completely upfront about this. There's no silver bullet, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way for us to do something that's so powerful that literally there's zero risk. Yeah, of course. But there are things that we can do that can dramatically alter the risk so that you are not the victim, mm -hmm. so that you are the one in control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors. We're living in a world where we are exposed to so much every day. I live right outside of Los Angeles. I live right between Los Angeles and where there's a bunch of farming and agriculture, which means pesticides being sprayed all day, every day. It, you know what I mean? Just 10 miles down the freeway from me. So, it, you know, you can't live in the middle of nowhere. And we're all being exposed to things in our water and in our environment that are going to affect us. But I love the idea of using food as empowerment because it is a tool. And that's been my experience is that by changing my diet, it has allowed me to heal in such a drastic way that I do feel empowered to, um, you know, I, I feel empowered and I feel hopeful that, you know, that my body can heal, that my brain can heal. I remember the shift. So for anyone who's going to be thinking, so what do you eat, Alexis? I eat a paleo diet that is about 75 to 80% fruits and vegetables. I would say the vast majority are vegetables, 20% animal products, no dairy, and 10% of healthy fats. 
but I try to reduce my fats as much as possible because I find that I don't really do well when I'm eating a bunch of coconut oil bombs and all of these things I see on the internet. I'm like, I, I don't know how, like I try to do a whole 30. I'm sure you've heard of whole 30. After one meal, my stomach was so distended and so ill. I was like, I can't eat like this. I can't eat this much food and I can't eat this much fat. Mm-hmm. I think that diet is something, and that's just what works for me. I think diet is something that it, it's not a one size fits all approach. I've tried it all. I tried veganism, vegetarianism, a keto diet where I was eating a lot of meat. And I've never felt worse. <laughs> and I've just had to find what really works best for my body. So say somebody comes to you and they're like, Dr. B will say that it's me. I'm having some autoimmune markers. I have IBSC. I was diagnosed when I was a teen. I have a, a history of addiction. I deal with depression. I have anxiety. Can't really sleep very well. And these are everything that I was dealing with before. Where would you start with a patient like me, I guess you would say? All right. So Alexis, you're, you're flipping me straight into doctor mode here. <laughs> I no longer feel like uh, I'm on a podcast. I now feel like I'm in my clinic talking to my patient. So I hope you don't mind. No, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm here for it. And I know so many are going to benefit from this. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. All right. So let me, let me walk you through some of the thoughts based upon what I'm hearing. Okay. Which is that I'm hearing that you have autoimmune disease, anxiety, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation. I'm hearing that there's a history of addiction. And when I hear a story like this, I don't need a test to prove to me that my patient has damage to their microbiome. You've already proven it. Autoimmune disease, anxiety, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation are all connected back to the gut. What we have seen in our studies is that when you damage the gut, and the word that we use is dysbiosis. And if you've ever heard of the expression leaky gut, leaky gut is conceptually the same as dysbiosis. We're kind of talking about the same thing. Sometimes leaky gut gets, it kind of spins out of control on the internet. But dysbiosis is the word that we use, which refers to a damaged microbiome. Basically what's happened is there's a loss of species, less variety of species, less good guys, and more bad guys, all right? And that's what happens when there's damage to the gut. We want variety. Biodiversity is a measure of health within the microbiome. So when you come to my clinic with this story, the first thing is I'm sitting there and you're telling me the story and I'm like, okay, my patient has damage to their gut. This is the root of the problem. This is the place that we need to go to get her better. If we can fix the gut, if we can heal the microbiome, it's not just getting her bowel movements regular. It's not just taking away the abdominal pain that she has from the irritable bowel syndrome. Yes, I'm a gastroenterologist. That is what I do for a living. And that's what I'm going to focus on. But what I've seen time and time again in my clinic is that the anxiety lifts, that the autoimmune markers go backwards. Because when you get to the root of these same issues, if they're all connected back to the gut, 
then you can improve and enhance all of them at once. You are rising the tide on human health. Okay. So that is my goal with you, Alexis, is that speaking to you as my patient. I'm here for it. <laughs> all right. That is my goal for you is that I want, I want to do that. But part of this, from my perspective, is understanding your personal journey. All right. You are not a diagnosis. You're Alexis Haynes. There's a backstory. Now, many people who listen to your, your podcast, they know the details of this backstory. But if I'm sitting there and all I hear from you, because at, in the beginning, you don't really know me. So you may be a little withdrawn or you may be cautious with the way that you're sharing information, particularly stuff that it's sensitive. So I hear that there's a back history of prior addiction. And I think that that's something that not on the first visit, but over the course of time, as we get to know each other at future visits, we need to unpack that. And there's a reason why in my clinic, and I think this is important for people to hear, I really sincerely believe that there's going to be people who listen to your show, Alexis, who are going to, they're going to find this very helpful. The most challenging patients for me to fix from a gut health perspective are the people who have been the victim of trauma, physical, sexual, emotional, psychological, any of the above. And no one can define for you what trauma is, meaning that no one else gets to tell you whether or not something is traumatic or not. You get, to, you get to be the one who decides. But to me, trauma is damage to the subconscious. You have created a wound to the subconscious. And what we find is that the wound that's created to the subconscious, although it is not physically on your body, you can't see it, but you wear it every single day. You wake up every single day and it affects you. And it can affect the health of your microbiome. So let's walk through some of the science of that specifically. Okay. And by the way, I apologize. I have to imagine that you have, that your listeners have already figured out that I'm a nerd. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a nerd, but I'm going to nerd out for a moment here. I love this though. This is so cool to hear because I've always known that healing needs to be done in a holistic way. We need to look at mind, body, and spirit. We can't just go, okay, so here's your gut and here's what we're going to do, you know, and, and then you'll be better. That was not my experience either. It was doing a number of things that I think really helped. Um, because what's interesting in, in my story, yes, high trauma, right? I'm not sure if you're familiar with the adverse childhood experience study. My score is a nine out of 10. Okay. So severe sexual abuse when I was four to seven, addiction in my household, divorced parents, blah, blah, blah. What came first? My autoimmune disease, my addiction. What was it? It was my IBS. My IBSC was the first thing that presented itself. And so this, I'm really excited to hear how this all works. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the, the way that this works is that there's a connection. So we mentioned that the body, the gut is connected to all these different parts of our body. And again, it goes back to you, you can't put things, we apply labels because it's so easy. And because as humans, that's the way our brain works. That's why we 
you know, we want to just put a label on everyone. I'm a vegan doctor, right? So label me, so be it. But I'm more complicated than that. And I got a lot to say. So, um, but you can't do that. And we're, we are dynamic, we are complex. And when we are the victim of trauma, we have a heightened stress response. What ends up happening is that one of the ways that the brain communicates to the gut, it's a two-way street. The brain and the gut are in constant communication. They're talking right now. One of the ways that the brain communicates to the gut is that it releases a hormone called CRF, corticotropin releasing hormone. Sometimes some people will call it CRF. Some people will call it CRH, CRF, corticotropin releasing factor or corticotropin releasing hormone. This CRF travels through the bloodstream and it goes to the gut where it actually induces dysbiosis. Now, why would it do that? Why would we be wired in a way to actually harm ourselves, to harm these microbes? Why would we do that? Because we evolved not in 2020, we evolved during Paleolithic times. Okay. And there are things that we evolved during Paleolithic times that are not advantageous to us in the era of social media and pandemics and the crazy news cycle and all of these things that are happening, financial insecurity and all these things that are happening to us this year. We were not evolved to protect ourselves from that. We were evolved because during Paleolithic times, if Alexis, you got attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, your stress response would kick in. You would have an adrenaline surge. You would become superwoman and you would climb a tree. And because you survived by climbing that tree and having that adrenaline surge, you would move on to bear children and their genetic code would get passed on. That's Darwinism. That's human evolution. The problem is there are no saber-toothed tigers in 2020, but we still have that wiring. And so when we have stress, which it can be any of these things, the pandemic, social media, the news cycle, financial insecurity, concern for our family members because of the virus. When we have that stress, we internalize it. We activate, we activate that stress response. The stress response induces dysbiosis, causes harm to the gut microbiome. And then what you do is you end up ultimately causing damage to your gut. And then that damage to your gut starts to trickle down and manifest in other ways, including the manifestation of anxiety, including the manifestation of irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, including later on for you or for your, the theoretical patient, autoimmune disease. And so it all starts to come together that there is something that occurred in the subconscious. And then you wear that for the rest of your life with a heightened stress response. And so the solution, I actually think that this is a, a message of empowerment, even though the person has a history of trauma, has been the victim. The empowerment is that you have the ability to turn your attention to that battle wound and heal it. And if you heal that wound, you will be shocked at the way that your body, the entire body will heal and it will change and it will forgive and you will be a new person.
So what you're saying is that diet is not the only thing. It's also about healing, healing the subconscious. It's about getting out of that fight or flight response. It's about learning tools to cope. It's about processing trauma. It's about moving past or moving through your personal pain as well as changing diet and things like that. And I wholeheartedly agree because so I have psoriasis, diagnosed with psoriasis. Okay, that's one of the things. And I used to have psoriasis, my ears, behind my ears, top of my head, parts of my face, et cetera, et cetera, right? And diet definitely helped, right? Like getting my autoimmune markers are like so low now. Most of the time they don't even come back. It's just like occasionally I'll feel like, oh, I took that blood test, but you know, I was having a rough patch. And so I'm sure a little something's going to come back on my ANA, but it's usually quite low. And my psoriasis is pretty much cleared up. And I've had that since I was a young kid. And then what I realized was that I had done some deep, deep work. And I noticed that as I was doing the deep work, my skin was starting to clear up. And I was like, is this because I'm taking more vitamin D or is this because I'm healing? And my doctor, I see like a holistic doctor. He's an MD, but he also does more holistic medicine too. And he goes, I bet it's a combination of both. I think that that's so cool to hear that, you know, by, by doing the emotional work, you're also helping your gut heal. And, and again, going back to empowerment, the way that we eat, the amount of time that we spend healing emotionally and physically matters and you can do it. Yeah. I wholeheart, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you just said. And I sincerely believe that in the person who's dealing with, um, ongoing psychological injury, which by the way, when we talk about trauma, I, I feel compelled to mention that I consider disordered eating patterns mm. within the same vein. And so these are conditions that people live with literally on a daily basis. You wake up every single day and you have to fight them. And so, but if we heal those things, we are taking away the factor that is actively injuring our gut on a daily basis. And when you lift away the thing that is actively causing the injury, then you actually will get the benefit of the enhanced diet, of the lifestyle, the sleep, the exercise, and all of the other things. But this is why you have to fix this issue. And I see people who they do everything right and they come in frustrated. Doc, I have done everything. I have read your book. I am eating the way that you describe in fiber-fueled. I'm exercising, I'm sleeping, I'm following every single rule. Why am I not better? And you discover that this is the reason why. And you have to you have to have a plan for how you're going to turn your attention towards this. It's not comfortable. Yeah. You have to turn your attention towards that and address it. Let's talk about that. I think that um we're hearing a lot in the wellness space about body diversity and about intuitive eating. And about, we are hearing a lot of different fads. You should eat this way. You shouldn't eat this way. This is mentally healthy. This is not mentally healthy. We're talking about 
like body diversity, fat phobia, eating disorder. We're talking about all of these things. These are all very complex issues. And I'm sure that even just talking about food in general is hard for people to hear. I'm someone who healed from an eating disorder as well. And that certainly was not easy by any means. And so I'm very sensitive to this. So when you tell someone to eat whatever it might be, you know, in your case, a high fiber, primarily vegan or fully vegan diet, and there's someone who has dealt with stuff like this, how do you navigate that? I want to meet people where they are. You know, my, my goal is, and let me just be upfront and say this, that I personally am vegan and that's worked incredibly well for me. I have my own story about where I was and how I came to be where I am today. When I was 30, I was miserable, 50 pounds overweight, tons of anxiety issues, extremely low self-esteem, high blood pressure. And that is despite the fact that I was a medical doctor. I was the chief medical resident at Northwestern in Chicago, one of the top residency programs in the country. And I was winning all of the awards. I won the highest award in my residency program and had already published eight papers in journals, which is a lot for someone who's just turning 30. And yet I was miserable. And my medical training hadn't provided me with a path to heal. And it wasn't until I discovered that it was my diet, the diet that I had been raised on, that was failing me. And that was basically tearing me apart. And by changing my diet, it allowed me to reorient the path in my life and take control. And it was truly through healing my gut, through healing my own gut, that I was able to have the weight melt away, the self-esteem surge, the anxiety to lift, and get back to feeling healthy and vibrant and alive again. It's worked for me. I'm vegan not because I came into it in a traditional vegan sense of animal welfare, mm-hmm. I came to it for health reasons. Although I do love those other reasons. Those other reasons are great. I wholeheartedly agree that in the way that we grow food and feed animals and Slaughter animals and the whole thing is just disgusting. And I think that there's a much more ethical way that we could do that. that but that's a phone, that's a conversation for a whole full another time totally. than today. I want to ask you a really hard question though, and this is what comes to my mind. So say the person who has an eating disorder and was overweight, got skinny, developed an eating disorder, mental health declines then goes back to eating whatever they want and is now considered technically obese, which I do have a problem with what we consider obese in this country. Like, I don't think, you know, I think that that scale is a little bit off, right? Like personally, just because you could put me who's close to 140 pounds at five foot six next, you know, and muscle next to somebody who is, five pounds heavier than me. That's not, you know what I mean? It's like, I think that there, there are varying factors there that we don't look at enough, but say that that person dropped all the weight, was miserable dealing with an eating disorder, 
went to eating disorder treatment where they were told to eat whatever they want and said whatever, gains the weight back, but is, you know, feeling mentally stronger, but now having some health issues. So it's like, it's a kind of a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. Is it not? Yeah. Um, I think it can be. And I think, you know, what I, what I really want to get across is that I think that there, we each need an individualized approach. Mm. So what I'm saying is, you know, uh, going back to what I was saying about veganism, I I don't, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be vegan. Yeah. And I think that we need to individualize to the person. And so, you know, take, for example, the person that you just described. Okay. For simplicity's sake, we attribute health as low body weight. Mm -hmm. Yet the life expectancy of a person who suffers with an eating disorder is way less than the person who's morbidly obese. Right? That is far more threatening to their health. And so it's not as so simple as just lose weight and therefore you are more healthy. Health is achieved when we are in a place of balance as a human being on all levels, not just in terms of our markers, not just in terms of our diet, our emotional state is a huge part of the story, right? And so if, if the person comes to my office who has a history of disordered eating pattern and they're now o- overweight and obese, but happy and in a better place, and there are health issues that they're dealing with, Here's what I don't want. I don't want them to slip back into that disordered eating pattern. That is a far bigger threat to their health than what we currently have. Number two, I don't want them to be on a yo-yo. If we make short-term dietary choices with unrealistic expectations, then we're at very high risk for bouncing all over the place. If we do two months of this and then two months of that, we never really get anywhere. So what do we need? This is what I sincerely believe. It's about creating healthy, sustainable lifestyle choices that you're comfortable with, that aren't taxing you or creating stress, that make you happy, and that allow you to move in the right direction in terms of your health. To me, it's all about the long game. I realize that we always want the short-term benefit, but what I want is I want to be 85 years old and dancing at my granddaughter's wedding, right? So it's about the long game. And to me, the long game is sustainability, it's consistency, it's healthy choices, it's balanced, it's not too much of one direction or the other. And it, that is how we create a thriving human being. And that may take time. So this person who now is overweight and has other medical issues, I don't want a fad diet to make them lose weight. I want healthy choices that are sustainable. And I want to reevaluate where we are in six months and one year and two years. And if we're moving in the right direction, then we are moving to where we need to be. I love that. I really do. And I think, again, focusing on the long term and not the short term, because it's so easy to go, well, I want my gut fixed right now. And I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's been four years of really doing this, that, you know, four years of trying different diets and different things and different supplements and all of this. 
And I, and I kind of want to ask a couple of questions about that. There's so much conflicting information out there. Do you need prebiotics, probiotics? What about dirt water? I love, <laughs> I love that supplement ion. It has really worked for me. It's not a probiotic, but it's worked for me. Do we need a more diverse diet? Do we need to stop washing our fruits and vegetables so much? Only organic. You know what I mean? High fat, low fat. Like, what do you think about these different fads and all of this information that we're getting? I think that at the end of the day, we need to use the available science that we have as our compass that guides us. And I describe it as a compass intentionally because it is not a roadmap you may need to make adjustments along the way based upon your own personal needs. All right. But science allows us to point ourselves in the right direction. That's why it's a compass. And so the question becomes with all of these things, what is the research showing us? And the beauty of it is this. I actually think that, so the gut microbiome is incredibly complicated. Okay. Incredibly complicated. If you were to dig into the details of this, it's insane. And there's so much that we don't know. But at the same time, the concepts, the way it works, what makes it thrive, the ideas are actually quite simple. Your diet is the number one factor. You can't supplement your way from a C minus gut to an A plus. It's not possible. You can't overcome the three pounds of food per day, 1,000 pounds per year, 80,000 pounds of food during your lifetime with milligrams of pills and powders. It's not possible. You need to get your diet into alignment, but it's not just diet. It's also your lifestyle. It's sleep, exercise, spending time with loved ones. Being a social creature is actually quite important to us as humans. It's spending time outdoors. It's being in a, in a balanced emotional state. All of these things are inputs into the health and balance of your microbiome. We could spend two hours digging into the research studies that I would show you to back up how all of these lifestyle factors play a role in shaping the microbiome, but we don't need to do that. You just need to know, I mean, I have the references in my book, there's 600 references, but you just need to know that the science is there to show us that these simple ideas that we've known forever, that exercise is good for us, that getting a good night's rest is good for us, that spending time with loved ones is good for us. It plays a role in the gut. It all connects back to this one place because this is, this is the centerpiece of human health. And when it comes to our diet, there are many different ways to eat where you can be healthy. There's not just one way, okay? But... I sincerely believe that acknowledging the connection between the fiber in our food, not a supplement, but the fiber in our food with our gut microbes is absolutely critical to understanding the best way to eat. Because these microbes that they live in our colon, they eat what we eat. Our dietary choices will shape them but their preferred food is fiber. Fiber is a part of the plant. It's exclusive to the plant and all plants contain fiber. You don't need to eat exclusively Jerusalem artichokes to get fiber. 
And the fiber passes through our intestine untouched, undigested, because we don't have the enzymes to do it. But you know who does? They do. They have the enzymes to break down, unpack our fiber. This becomes their food. It strengthens them. They grow. They become more capable of doing their job, which is connecting to all these parts of human health. And then they reward us by releasing what are called short-chain fatty acids. And these short-chain fatty acids like butyrate, acetate, and propionate are literally, Alexis, the most anti-inflammatory thing I have ever come across in all of nutrition. And we're not talking about them enough, but the way that you get them is by consuming fiber. Fiber meets microbes in the colon. They dance a jig, they celebrate, they eat, and then they reward you with these short-chain fatty acids that, let me just, if you don't mind, a quick laundry list here. They, they actually enhance the growth of the good bacteria. They suppress the growth of bad guys like E. coli, Salmonella, Shigella, directly. They enhance diversity within the microbiome. So basically, if, if you go back to what I said about 20 minutes ago, I just described to you the way to reverse dysbiosis. They repair a leaky gut. They directly prevent colon cancer, the number two cause of cancer death in America. Hmm. They optimize our immune system, autoimmune disease. They affect our metabolism. One of the most underrated things is they activate our satiety hormones so that we don't overeat. Because we eat a very fiber-poor diet in the United States, we have a habit of overeating and hyper-consuming food. Fiber actually activates those satiety hormones. They spread throughout the body with healing effects. They have healing effects in the heart. We think that they prevent coronary artery disease. That's our number one killer. They go to the brain. The brain has a blood-brain barrier, just like you have a gut barrier. So like people have brain fog and their doctor goes, brain fog doesn't exist. Bullshit. Sorry for that word, but BS. Brain fog does exist. Brain fog is leaky brain. It's like leaky gut, but it's leaky brain. And guess what? Just like they repair leaky gut, these short chain fatty acids repair leaky brain. They cross the blood brain barrier. They affect our concentration, our mood. They've shown in studies have the ability to stop the production of something called beta amyloid plaques that produce Alzheimer's disease. So if you go down the line, we're talking about something that has tremendous healing benefits on many of the modern 21st century epidemics. And here's the problem. The average American is getting 15 grams of fiber per day. 15 grams of fiber may be the lowest amount of fiber of any major society in human history. The minimum recommended amount is 20, minimum is 25 grams for women and 38 grams for men. And 97% of Americans are not hitting the minimum. And the result is that we have an overfed, undernourished society because we're actually starving as much as we eat. We are starving our gut microbes because we're not consuming fiber. And then we're seeing heart disease and chronic illness and cancer and even behavioral issues in our kids. And that's a whole nother issue, you know, talking about ADHD and depression earlier and earlier we're seeing in our kids 
even asthma. I was reading this crazy piece about a mom whose kid had severe asthma and they were eating the standard American diet, chicken nuggets, you know, toast in the morning, cereals, all that stuff. She took out all of that stuff and switched him to a super clean diet. And guess what? The wheezing, the coughing, all of that went away. Even autism for our children. I'll let you, you, I know you want to make a point, but I, I want to finish with talking about what the top ways that we consume fiber should be, what it looks like, because I can't tell you how many people are like, well, I'll just take my fiber pills or I'll just eat these fiber crackers or fiber one bars. It's like, no, that's just junk for your body. So I would love to hear about, you know, what are the top fibrous foods that we can be eating and how much we should be eating a day. But I want you to make your point about the whole kid thing. I, I can't, I'm sorry. I, I, I got so excited because um, <laughs> yeah. there's a study that I talked about in the first chapter of my book related to asthma in our kids. And, it's, and it shows you the connection between these microbes and our immune system because asthma is an allergic disease. It is activation of the immune system in response to an allergen that you breathe in. All right. And so they did a study where they looked at the, the dirty diapers of toddler children. All right. They looked at the dirty diapers of, of little kids. And by examining the microbiome from these dirty diapers, they could predict which kids would develop asthma later in life, years later. Wow. And they took to prove that it wasn't just association, that it was actually causation. They took the stool from these diapers and they transferred it into mice and the mice developed asthma. Hmm. So it just goes to show you the power of what we're talking about here. All right. How do we optimize the gut? So is it just grams of fiber? All right. I got something to say about grams of fiber, but before I say that, let me answer the question. The best way to eat is not just to get as many grams of fiber, you know, potentially from a fiber supplement. The best way to eat is to acknowledge that a healthy microbiome is built on biodiversity because this is an ecosystem. This microbiome that we have inside of us, although it's invisible to us, it's an ecosystem in the same way that the Amazon rainforest or the Great Barrier Reef is an ecosystem. And any biologist will tell you that a loss of diversity is damaging to the ecosystem. So for example, in the Amazon rainforest, if you take the snakes out of the rainforest, I don't like snakes. But the snakes are there for a reason. And if you take the snakes out, the other animals can't fill in the void. They're not designed for that. We need biodiversity within our gut. In order to have biodiversity, we need to feed as many different species of microbes as possible. And I said their preferred food is fiber. But these microbes have personalities. They're unique. They're different. They're like us. You and I don't eat the same food. We have our own personal preferences, our own, our own tastes. And so these, these microbes are like that too. They're picky eaters. And the way that we feed all of them is to acknowledge that they like different types of plants. There are certain microbes that thrive on beans. There's different ones that thrive on broccoli. And there's different ones that thrive on an apple. But if you eat beans, broccoli, and an apple, guess what? They all get fed. And the key is diversity. 
diversity within the diet. If there's only one message that the listeners take away from our entire conversation, let it be this. No matter who you are, no matter how you eat, you need to enhance your diet with more diversity of plants. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts, and legumes. Get more variety in your diet because the variety is what feeds all the different microbes. And this is not just, hey, Dr. B's got an idea. This is actually scientifically validated. The largest study to date to connect the health of our microbiome to our diet and lifestyle choices is called the American Gut Project. This is the most well-positioned study to help us to understand of all of these diet and lifestyle choices, what is the most important one? And when they analyzed it, there was a clear winner. The single greatest predictor of a healthy gut microbiome is the diversity of plants in your diet. So you make it a mission on a daily basis. How can I get more plants in our diet? You're at the supermarket, you hear my voice. Dr. B says, diversity of plants. You're cooking dinner, you're in the kitchen, you got tomato sauce. What do you do? Mushrooms, onions, garlic, basil, maybe some spinach, maybe some zucchini, right? Get all of it in there. Then crush the fresh herbs on top. That's how you get diversity into your diet. You just make this your personal mission. So my message to your listeners is stop counting calories. I've never counted calories and I achieved a healthy body weight by simply following this rule, diversity of plants. Stop counting grams of fiber. I wrote literally the best-selling book in the history of the planet about fiber, all right? It's been six months and we've sold almost 100,000 copies. I've never counted grams of fiber. Stop counting grams of fiber. You know what you need to count? Count the plants in your diet, period. Mic drop. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, Alexis. <laughs> I love that. And I wholeheartedly agree. It's something that I strive to do every day from the first thing that I do when I wake up is go, okay, what plants am I going to eat right now? What, what fruits and veggies can I get into my diet? And I do the same thing for my kids. Honestly, when you just become aware of that being your goal, it's, it's attainable because I'll go, Oh, I'm going to make banana walnut muffins for my kids. How can I sneak in some extra stuff in here. And I always do. I always figure out a way to get those in. I love the example of the pasta sauce. Yes. I, you know, I'll make a bolognese. I'll be chopping in carrots, zucchini, you know, whatever I can get. And if my kids will eat it, I just blend it up. They can't taste the difference, but you know, they really don't care. Thank you so much for this. You can pick up your best-selling book, fiber fueled i'm guessing wherever books are sold am i correct yeah you can get it you can get it anywhere that books are sold you know given that we are in a global pandemic i love when people go to their local bookstore it doesn't make a difference to me at all i just like the idea of look amazon is richer than they've ever been uh, i agree so let's pr let's support our local businesses because you have friends who live in your community that could, it actually helps them if you just buy your book there instead of ordering it off of Amazon. I agree. You also have the Plant Fed Gut online course, which I think is really cool. 
And you can follow along Dr. B on Instagram at the gut health MD. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alexis. This week's affirmation is, I am in awe of what my body is capable of. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at Recovering From Reality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 